The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Today's episode of Tables, Others and Chairs is brought to you by our sponsors, Faces Wrestling. Head over to faceswrestling.com for money off heavy metal wrestling merch. Use the code OTHERS, that's A-T-H-E-R-S, to get 20% off all Jimmy Havoc, B Priestley and Travis Banks merch. Once again, that's Faces Wrestling. Welcome to episode 20, that's right, we're counting episodes now, of Tables, Others and Chairs here on the HTM Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host Others, and I'm coming to you live from the mean streets of Blackpool, England. Uh, First off, apologies that there was no show last week. Um, I'd been to no wrestling, so I had no wrestling to actually report live on. And uh, it was a pretty quiet week um, for wrestling in the UK last week. Uh, that was until the actual day where my show aired, where uh, everything seemed to kick off. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more later on in the show. Uh, coming up later, I've got an interview with Sugar Dunkerton, uh, former Shikara wrestler, now applying his trade over in the US and UK independent scene. Uh, quite an in-depth interview, lasts around mm, about 25-30 minutes. Uh, Before that, I'm just going to touch on all the news that's been happening while I've been away. Uh, Starting off with the injury front, a big injury over here on the UK wrestling scene. Uh, Mark Davis, one-off of Aussie Open, uh, also a member of the stable Schaudenfreude. Uh, He received a quite serious injury at uh, PWG's bowler event. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it was actually during a match. I think it was warming up. Uh, he's got a knee injury. We're not 100% sure on the details as of yet. Uh, this weekend at Fight Club Pro, he was in a uh, full supportive knee brace. Uh, looking to be the knee area. Hoping it's nothing too serious. Uh, I believe he's going to get a scan on it soon to find out the extent of the damage. Uh, So, obviously, a speedy recovery to Mark Davis there. Uh, More news from Fight Club Pro. Uh, We've got new uh, Fight Club Pro Tag Team Champions. Uh, Very surprisingly, Mustache Mountain. Uh, They came back after a 10-month absence. Uh, They lost a Loser Leaves Town match, along with Pete Dunne, against Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin... And Dan Maloney back in December of last year. Returning, they take on Schaudenfreude's Chris Brooks and Kyle Fletcher. And they got the win. So it looks like they're going to be around for a little bit more longer in a Fight Club Pro, which is a bit of a shock. 
as uh, everyone thought they weren't allowed to work there anymore due to their uh, NXT UK contracts. So, yeah, be interesting to see how long they're champions, how long they're allowed to work in Fight Club Pro. Uh, Trent Seven, actually one of the co-owners of that company. Uh, let's see, what other news have we got? Oh, yeah, today's Thursday. So, uh, I suppose you'd like my view on the Wednesday Night Wars. Well, um, I record this on a Tuesday, and uh, even if I did record on the Wednesday or the, the Thursday morning, the view would be the same. There is no war over in the UK, because we can't watch either show live. Um, NXT airs in full over here on the network on a Friday. Uh, AEW, uh, despite Tony Khan claiming that it would air live, free-to-air, on ITV, uh, apparently there's been a bit of a snafu with the executives of ITV and AEW, and uh, the show will no longer air live on ITV, but four days later, on a Sunday, uh, not just on a Sunday, on a Sunday morning at 8.20. So yeah, people that say, uh, oh, I don't know what the Brits are complaining about, well, we were promised live TV, Sky TV, they air it live. They air Raw live. They air SmackDown live. We have said that ITV had a better deal. That it was going to be a better deal than they were getting for Raw. AEW claimed it was a much better deal. And basically, they were talking out their arses. Um, We can watch it live. But that's got to be on Fight TV for five bucks a month. And we'd also won't get the go-home shows to the pay-per-views on ITV unless we watched it live on Fight Network. So, yeah, we're, we're not that happy. And, and I know what you're going to say. Oh, why don't you just watch it four days later on ITV? Well, one, staying off the internet for four days not to get spoiled with results... Two, we have something over here in the UK called the Watershed. Uh, The Watershed is like um, a TV thing where before the hour of 9pm, you're not allowed to show any swearing, uh, any sexual content and any excessive violence. Um, So with AEW being a TV14 product, if it's going to be aired in in its entirety at uh, 8.20am in the morning on a Sunday, it's going to be edited to shit. Seriously, uh, when World of Sport was over here on ITV, they cut to crowd shots, but just kicks to the head. When Will Ospreay was doing super kicks, they cut to the crowd. When he was doing the Robinson special, they cut to the crowd. Seriously, this is what ITV's like with the watershed. If AEW was to air at 8.20am on a Sunday, it'd just be edited to shit. You wouldn't be able to see any type of of hardcore match, so anything with Jimmy Havoc, that'd be edited to fuck. You wouldn't be able to see Darby Allen or Joey Janela do anything crazy. Cody's not going to be able to bleed all over the place. It's, honestly, 
Tony Khan saying that this TV deal AEW have managed to get is better than the WWE's. He's talking out of his ass. Now, they said that they may be able to readdress the situation come November time. I think the crux of the matter, what Tony Khan's alleged the crux of the matter to be anyway, is something to do with advertising laws over in the United States. Uh, You're allowed 16 minutes of advertisements in an hour, whereas over here in the UK, it's 12 minutes of adverts. So obviously, in that hour, you've got that spare four minutes. And that's where the, the issue with ITV comes in from airing it live, apparently. Sky got over this with airing Raw and SmackDown by just showing the logo. Just showing the logo of Raw or SmackDown for a minute before it came back from the American advertisements. I I don't know why ITV don't simply do that. It's not exactly like ITV4 at 1am to 3am on a Wednesday stroke Thursday morning show anything of like majorly importance. They show things like old British 70s and 80s sitcoms like Minder and and The Sweeney and things like that. It's I just find it absolutely baffling that this hasn't been sorted ahead of time. People saying, oh, what are you moaning about? What are you complaining about? I listen to fellow HTM podcasters, the big boss man, Jargo, and uh, RVB show earlier on a Friday, I think it was, where they were talking about us Brits moaning about it. I think it's more the fact that we were promised things by Tony Khan. And we were kept in the dark for ages, and then at the 11th hour, uh, literally about eight days, a week before the first episode of AEW was supposed to hit our TV screens, he just drops this bombshell on us that it won't be airing live on free TV, it's going to be four days later, it's probably going to be edited to fuck... Uh, If you want to watch it, you've got to pay five bucks a month. Oh, and for people saying, oh, well, that's half the price of the WWE Network. Mm, No, not really, because the pay-per-views are $15. So that's like 20 bucks a month. That's double what the network is. Um, Plus, we had to pay for that uh, thing that was on Bleacher Report when you guys got it for free. So, yeah, the, the British AEW fans are feeling very mistreated, very slighted at the minute. Um, I hope that something manages to get sorted out in the coming months, but this really is an own goal and and a very, very poor start by AEW over here in the UK. Uh, Hopefully it manages to get resolved in November, but as things stand, the the only way you can watch AEW is if you pay $5 a month on Fight Network, on the Fight app to watch it live. Or try and avoid going on the internet for four days. Watch it on the Sunday morning where it's going to be edited to shit. Not great, guys. Not great at all. Uh, Other news. uh, We've got a new title championship wrestling champion. uh, David Graves making his return after about a year absence with a pretty serious knee injury. Uh, He cashed in his hall pass that was given to him by titles management uh, that he could get a title shot if and when he ever returned. Uh, Yesterday, defending champions Will Cruz was taking on Brady Phillips. And uh, just as the match was about to start, David Graves' music hit, turned into a triple threat. 
uh, absolutely great match in uh, which David Graves managed to uh, tap Will Cruz out with a uh, kind of Taz mission move. So, yeah, David Graves, a local boy from Leeds, where title's based, uh, winning the title championship. And uh, he's challenged Rampage Brown to a match at the next show next month. Uh, speaking of Rampage Brown, he had an absolute fantastic match with uh, Speedball Mike Bailey uh, yesterday. Some of the chops from Rampage and some of the kicks from Speedball Mike Bailey. I truly believe that if, if Speedball Mike Bailey didn't get caught going over the border from Canada to the US, he would be either in NXT or he'd be in AEW right now. This guy is so talented. I've never seen the guy have a bad match. Uh, so he had a fantastic match a couple of weeks ago against Sean Custom uh, for the Kamikaze Pro title. Uh, so I'm having a great match with Karen Ward down at Riptide. Uh, I believe it was late last year. One of my matches of the year from last year. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, absolutely without shadow of a doubt. Uh, one of the best unsigned talents in the world today. Um, it's just an absolute shame that he's been uh, blacklisted from going into the United States. I do you believe he's still got a couple of years left on that? But uh, believe you me, when that uh, ban, when his time is eventually served on that, that man is going places. I think he'd fit into NXT or to AEW like an absolute glove. Uh, absolutely fantastic talent without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I'm going to throw you over now to the interview that I conducted yesterday uh, with Sugar Dunkerton. Uh, talk about many topics, uh, how he's been pigeonholed as somewhat of a comical wrestler, as a comedy wrestler. Uh, the difference between independent wrestling in the United States and the UK uh, as a guy that spends his time uh, fleeting between both scenes Felt there was nobody better to ask than him. Uh, also talk a little bit about his influences, uh, how he got into professional wrestling, uh, his hopes and his, his dreams and aspirations for the future. And uh, also talking about We The Independent, a uh, movement over here trying to get uh, unionisation and uh, better working conditions for professional wrestlers over here in the UK. Uh, so yeah, without further ado, I will stop my jibber-jabber and uh, I will hand you over to myself and Sugar Dunkerton. Welcome back. Uh, really good stuff there from Sugar Dunkerton. Uh, very uh, intelligent guy, uh, savvy veteran, been in the game for 16 years. Having somewhat of a renaissance over here in the UK really is a popular guy, especially up north, uh, where he's based uh, when he's over here on tours, living in the north of England in Leeds. Very popular figure in Tidal Wrestling. Uh, believe at the next show he will be taking on Rampage Brown in a Bloodsport no ropes match. So, uh, yeah, that'll be quite something. Uh, that's about it for this week on Tables, Others and Chairs. Uh, as always, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, usual methods on Twitter, at Others Chairs. On Facebook, uh, search for Tables, Others and Chairs message board. 
please feel free to subscribe to my YouTube channel where the uh, visual uh, interview with Sugar Dunkerton uh, will be up by the time this episode airs. Uh, be sure to subscribe to HDM Podcast Network. There's loads of great shows on there. You got the PW Hustle, uh, Wrestle Popcast with Robin Nelson, uh, Turnbuckle Talk with Big Joe and Carl, and of course the boss man himself, Jargo and RVB with HDM Wrestling and HDM Sports. Uh, next week, I'm going to Brighton uh, for Brighton's. Uh, tag team tournament among other things there'll also be a pride of brighton match and i'm sure that chuck mambo will be defending his brighton championship against someone that was supposed to be spike trevate but unfortunately uh, he suffered a broken arm at the big progress show a couple of weeks ago a speedy recovery to spike trevay so yeah a uh, bit of title for me next weekend uh, another fine UK promotion that's doing great things. Uh, I'll be covering that in next week's show. Uh, until then, I hope all of you have a fantastic weekend. And I will catch you next week. Ta-ra. Hey guys, Big Joe from Turnbuckle Talk here. And you're listening to Tables, Athers and Chairs here on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Guys, welcome to today's episode of Tables, Others, and Chairs. Uh, today's guest, an international guest, uh, a 16 year old vet, like a fine wine, he gets better with age. Sugar Dunkerton, how's it going, man? Oh, look at you! That, that makes me that makes me feel so good. Like you, you got me sounding like a vintage over here. It's very <laughs> nice. It's very nice. How's it going? Um, cool, man. Like uh, I just got back from uh, Great Yarmouth uh, yesterday for DOA Wrestling. Uh, Russell, very, very talented Charles Crowley. Uh, people should probably be paying more attention to him. Like, he's a little bit more seasoning, and I think he's going to be taking some things over in a little while. But uh, today, title wrestling, very awesome women's matinee show just a moment ago. And then uh, today, we're having the mystery show. Nobody knows what all the matches are. I don't even know who my opponent is yet, so we're going to have ourselves a good time. Uh, obviously, no stranger to these shows. You're over quite regularly. Uh, how are you enjoying things in the UK? Like, it's it's definitely been a discovery period. Like, um, over the past, I've done, in, cumulative, I've done cumulatively almost two years between all my tours. Um, this is the fifth tour that I'm on for right now. And this date, this date is September the 29th. So um, I leave here on December the 9th. So um, I feel like this fifth tour, it's a lot of... Uh, so why are we here when it's all said and done before it's like could i get here and can i last here and can i do here and can i get to some of these places and i've kind of surprised myself in some of the stuff that i've been able to accomplish but it's one of those things now where um you know why like why are we here now so a lot of it is trying to cement does this become a more of a permanent thing or like um do i need to shorten my trips or it's, it's a lot of trying to, to figure out the why of what's going to keep me going um, here as much as I enjoy it and I love it. Um, I know definitely there's been a ton of drama and change and just 
uncertainty about what's going on over here, but um, you know, I'm right along with it. You know, I could have chose to stay home after hearing a lot of the stuff that was going on, but it's like, no, I want to be in the thick of it. I want to see what's happening. So yeah, the big thing is the why. So when you first came over here, mm -hmm. your like main base was up north. Yes, uh, Preston. Places like PCW, mm -hmm. uh, branching out to other places like Tidal and Hope. Uh, what's your actual like view of the British wrestling scene when you first came over? What was like the main differences between the scene over here and the scene in the US? I want to say two different things are pride and, um, you know, I, I can say it as one thing. It's, it's pride, the wrestlers and the fans. Um, we've seen American fans try to do the football chants and, you know, they try to copycat a lot of the stuff that the international fans do. And like a lot of the times we get a sprinkling of that during WrestleMania season in America because a lot of people come from all over the world. So they sprinkle in like the the Seven Nation Army style football chants and, you know, the songs. Are, oh, I want to know all that stuff like that, which I love. And you can tell when it's predominantly an international crowd because they're actually on beat and rhythm. <laughs> American crowds don't do so well with that, I've noticed. But, um, you know, there's melody to it and there's just a certain energy to it. And, um, you know, people just let the show be the show. They came to get entertained. They paid good money for it. And why not? I paid good money. I want to be entertained. I want to enjoy this. Um, I'm not trying to be the show. I'm letting you be the show. I'm going to be a part of it, but I'll let you be the show. And then from the workers, there's such a pride aspect because if you paid attention to the history of Brit wrestling, um, a lot of it, you know, there was a very, very hard time where there were a lot of guys that just didn't make it or you'd be lucky if a uh, UK talent would get signed every two or three years or such and such. Like for a while, it was like Paul Burchill, Wade Barrett. That's what y'all had, you know, and then before that, it was British Bulldog. You know, and everything was on their, sh it's like everything was on their shoulders. And now y'all have got so much more choice and guys that are getting out there and making waves, you know, uh, a whole brand dedicated to it with NXT and everything to that effect. So there's such pride in what y'all do over here. And um, I've always admired the style, I've always dug it. I feel like there's been a lot of copycatting, so why not go to the source? And I feel like uh, I was missing something, so I needed to try something different. And I came here and I'm glad I did. And obviously I kept coming back. Where would you say like um, your popularity with the British fans began? Would you say it was like PCW title, kind of a mixture of the both? It, I, I'd have to give credit to both because I did title before I did PCW. At the time, PCW was the biggest thing that I would have done because they had the big uh, tournament that they had. Like they had the tag team tournament and the singles tournament. And um, Road to Glory. Yes. That's what they called it. So, um, title would have been the start of it because that's when the whole sugar sugar thing started popping off. And like, I felt honored that, you know, they thought of as much to kind of give me my own song. You know, I was like, okay, I thought they only do this for like, you know, at the time Enzo and all that other shit like that. So it was like, I can't cuss, right? Oh yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I would have been <laughs> so mortified, but like, um, nah, like that really hit me and I meant it when, um, they said it that night. And then it followed to PCW where, you know, it was to the point where the match can't even start for the first three or four minutes because they just won't stop. And I thought it was, I thought it was great. And it, it, it was really a point of acceptance where I knew it was like, hey, I can do this. I can really do this. Like I, I came over here just to see, but I feel it now. Like I can do this. Like we have a connection and we can make that happen. And um, I've been blessed to 
keep making stuff happen ever since, yeah. Obviously, it helps that the fact that uh, the UK is obviously a very small country in comparison Word to the United States. And uh, uh, you probably see a lot of the same fans in, in all the various places over the UK. Sure. Be it up north or down south. New ones, but then you also got traveling ones. I always get a laugh when people talk about traveling here in the UK because, you know, like I'm used to, I've done stuff where I've done 12 hours one way to a booking and then, you know, you figure it out and then they're like, oh man, we got to do a four hour journey. This is going to be, this is going to be crazy. And I'm like, right. If I knew how to drive, I'd probably be doing some like, well, I know how to drive. I just don't know how to drive these roads. Um, I'd probably be trying to be everywhere at once. Like I tr- I'd try to make a crack at Laguero's schedule as crazy as that would probably be. Like, I don't know how the man did it. He's a madman. So yeah, yeah. It's like me next week. I'm uh, at Riptide for the weekend, and uh, I'm dreading that really long four-hour journey. Oh. <laughs> right, as far as go. No, and plus, uh, like my heart's broken. I can't do. I, I, I got Riptide on the docket. It's just not right away. God, their shows are always so much fun. It's like the great atmosphere, like for the fans and for the workers. Like I, I love music Riptide. Like good. You you made a good choice. Well, speaking of Riptide, uh, that's one place that you've uh, managed to make inroads in. Uh, notably, your debut at the Riptide Rumble. You've appeared at a few other shows. Uh, how are you enjoying your time down at Riptide? Riptide is <laughs> it's its own universe. Like it makes sense that they're all the way down south, like in their own little pocket. Cause it's like uh, they, they just do their own thing, man. It's crazy, and like there's a lot of companies that keep talking about counterculture, this and all this other stuff, like counterculture, this uh, inclusivity, all this other stuff. They talk about it, but Riptide, I always got that feeling from the jump. It was just like we could talk about making this for everybody, or we could just do it, and they do it like every time out. Like um, anything is possible. I feel like you know it doesn't matter female, guy, uh, gay, straight what have you like swamp swamp yeah like <laughs> swan species uh interstellar time travel time warp it doesn't matter like anything is truly possible at riptide and how could you not want to be a part of it when you see it from the way that it's filmed to the matches they present it's truly something special and i've had a chance to uh really vibe with like the creative team and all the other stuff the only thing that that kills me is just we we don't do more you know what I'm saying? Like, we do enough, but we don't do more. And I'm trying to work out doing as much as I can with them as possible. Yeah. Another place that you've uh, found yourself in recently, uh, you made some appearances for Rev Pro. Yes. Uh, and Progress, uh, yeah. most notably a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. their big Alexandra Palace show. Uh, what was that like, appearing at that show? Rev Pro, I think, I want to say was second tour when we got around to it and everything like that. I think that was more of a time when they were kind of testing having characters because they had Colt come through. They had the anti-fun police for a little bit. I think now because of their New Japan partnership, you kind of see it reflecting in the style of guys that they booked where they got a little bit more serious in terms of that. It's like, you know, Tyson kick pads, baby. Uh, which ain't a problem. Everybody's got to have their own identifier when it's all said and done. Um, if Red Pro, if the door opens to be able to slide back through there, I'd absolutely love it. I know I'd have to adapt the style. But to me, I feel like a lot of people, um, I guess the best way to put it is a lot of people assume I'm one thing. But I feel like if you look at my catalog, I can do a lot. Like I can brawl. Um, I'm very big on the world of sport, technical style, all sorts of stuff. It's just a matter of just putting me in the situation. So um, if that were to come around, especially with stuff going on where like, you know, recently they've acquired Southside and all the stuff that's going on, I'd be totally open to it. 
as for progress, to me, um, and I unabashedly have no qualms about saying it, that's the crown jewel. Like, if you're doing British indie wrestling, to me, that's the pinnacle. That's where you want to be. You want to at least have your one opportunity or get seen there. I'm, I'm not saying you got to have a run, but you at least want to say, I did progress. And um, I'm fortunate enough to be able to say one, two, three, yeah, three times. So, like, I'm fortunate. One time is a Russian, but we won't get into all that. <laughs> but, um, like, it was this impossible dream that I didn't think I'd be able to do, and I, I did it. And I'm happy for that, and I'm proud of that. Hopefully, I'll be able to do more of that because uh, progress is one of those well-respected ones where you work there, everybody pays attention to it, and you need that in this business right now. Uh, you mentioned before about uh, the RevPro style, the link with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, does it annoy you um, slightly being pigeonholed as just a comedy wrestler? Um, on a personal level, no. But on a possibilities level, yes, because it's like, I think of me, I'm a possibilities guy. I think of the possibilities all the time. I think of a lot of people can't fathom or put together like, oh, there's no way this could ever happen or this could ever happen. As long as there's time and there's breath, there's always a possibility for something. It's just a matter of are people willing to put the chemicals together in their head to go ahead and come to the conclusion that, hey, this would fucking pop off. And my thing about it is it's like, you could say I'm just a comedy guy. If all you ever give me is comedy to do, sure, that's all I'll ever be. But for those who are daring enough to test my dramatic quality, to test my serious quality, to test my ability to go toe-to-toe, punch-for-punch, blow-for-blow, I think it changes things considerably. And it's one of those cases where I'm, I'm almost saddened because I think of what I'd be able to offer people if they gave me the opportunity to, but you choose to just only do this. It's like going to a restaurant and all you've ever, you're going to a five-star restaurant and all you order is the chicken nuggets off the menu. And it's like, damn it, it's a five-star restaurant, so I know those chicken nuggets are gonna be banging, but like, look at this, 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 they can serve you, and you're just completely missing out on all of that. So I'm just gonna throw that out there. I don't get paid to book. I don't get paid to promote. Like um, I go, I go looking and hustling and jacking for bookings. I don't have a family name or somebody that vouches for me, or I'm not in any kind of cliques or whatever it is that make it easier for me to get bookings. And I don't mind saying that. I, I go, I, I work for every booking that I got, and literally every match, every moment, every possibility is the difference between me getting closer to bettering my way of life because this is all I do as a job. I have other things, but this is my main source. Or, you know, possibly having to admit that I failed at jumping out on the deep end. But I feel like there's more of an opportunity for me to be able to sustain something that I love and I feel like people love me doing if you open up more to the just, I make people laugh. Um, you wrestled in Evolve, Dragon Gate USA, AIW, uh, you beat Chris Hero in SSW. You've uh, gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with Nick Gage in Beyond, uh, Jonathan Gresham in IWC. Yeah. Uh, you've had a, a death match with DJ Hyde in CZW. Uh, you wrestled on Impact Explosion. Um, you've, you've beat Doug Williams in PCW. I mean, that's like a pretty varied career. That's not just comedy stuff. Sure. Well, um, people see what they want to see. 
So like, Shakara is the best and the worst thing sometimes that's happened in my career because I still got people that talk about, oh man, the Space Jam spot and I saw all this stuff and everything like that. But that was one of those cases where the glimpses of me being ultra serious were kind of like, you had to look for them. And for those who discovered them, they really liked them. I got to wrestle uh, Brody Lee, who's now known as Luke Harper, there. And I had a singles match with him. And it's one of my favorite matches that I've ever had at that time because I was just excited at the prospect that I don't have to go into a match and make people laugh. I, like, they'll get to see a side of me. And I think a lot of people were surprised about what they got. And yes, you go through that list of things. Some of those matches I'm more proud of than others. Like, like when I wrestled Gresham at the time, that really made me have to realize that I wasn't where I needed to be. I needed the match to know, hey, you need to get your shit together. And I'm happy for that, and I hope one day I get a, another shot at that. But sometimes you need matches to know where you stand. So when you have the Doug Williams matches, you can stand for yourself and you make it all happen. You know, I've wrestled Cedric Alexander. Um... I've had another death match and beyond with Matt Tremont. A lot of people don't, like, a lot of people still don't talk about it. There's, people see what they want to see. And it's one of those cases where um, I guess, not trying to be that guy, but if they don't gif it or they don't circulate the video or somebody doesn't decide like, hey, watch this, that has like the circulation like that, people will never know. So it really makes you think about like, man, I'm out here giving these bumps, I'm doing these miles, stuff like that. Is this the one that they're gonna see? God, I hope it's the one that they see. And then you you worry about the night that you have an off night. That's the one everybody sees. So then it's like, are you gonna go anywhere? Are you not gonna go anywhere? I ask these questions to myself all the time. And um, <laughs> it it's it's like that whole Pagliacci thing that they talk about, where it's like, who makes the great Pagliacci laugh? You know? And it's like, some days are better than others. That's all. But I'm not gonna stop trying. So yeah. The same weekend that um, you beat Doug Williams at PCW, mm -hmm. uh, you had a PCW title match uh, against Lionheart. Oh, Adrian. Yeah. What was that like being in the ring with uh, the great late Lionheart? We had it in the center of uh, Preston City Square. So literally, like, the, the government building was right behind us. And uh, when I got to come out, I was literally, like, on top of the government building, like, like way up. And they were singing Sugar Sugar from way down low and they just kept going and like, it was literally like a party in the middle of the streets and there he was and like, God, he was such a pro. Like uh, anybody he was in the ring with, he made better. He went to bat for me to get me a spot at ICW, among other people, but he definitely made sure that he went to do that. And um, I just remember going out nights with him and it's like, you know, it's like a celebrity would show up. He goes to the club, anybody that he's there and who he's with gets in because he's got it like that. Everybody loves Adrian, but he was good with people. He looked out for people. He got the best out of people. And um, total no ego when we went into that. It's like, you know, we talked about what we're going to do. And he's constantly giving, like, hey, get this in, get that in, get this in. Because he wanted people to really believe, like, that night was going to be the night that it happened. And um, it confirmed everything that I knew about him is just how awesome of a human being he is. And it's like, uh, damn, that's a shame that he's not here. And um, that hurt. And it, it's, it hurts the community because it's so few and far between that we have guys like that. So we want to hold on to him as long as we possibly can. And we think those are the guys that are always going to be there to hold us up. And um, apparently he really needed somebody to hold him up. And we just 
we'll never know what that is now, but um sorry man. No, it's okay. Like I I've 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 had my feelings about it. It's just uh He's definitely gonna be missed and I, I hope he he didn't he didn't leave thinking that he didn't impact so 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 many. Even people he wasn't expecting to. So yeah. I love you guy. Yeah. As I said in the intro, you're a sixteen year veteran. Growing up as a kid, as you got into professional wrestling, who were the guys that you looked up to the most? It was always the colorful guys. Like, granted, I had love for the main event dudes and everything, but the trend was always colorful guys, and they weren't necessarily main event guys. It was like guys that I could just get into. Like, I enjoyed like Coco Beware was like a huge, huge favorite of mine. Um, you know, Junkyard Dog because I know that was Mom's favorite and everything like that. But he just had so much personality, so much gusto. Um, main event guy but still sticking with the pattern macho man randy savage he was that dude he got down um of course ricky the dragon steamboat um and i was always a big fan of like the oddball characters like i like owen hart as blue blazer yes. i thought that was awesome like like he was doing stuff nobody was doing in the ring but plus how could you how could you deny that character like the character was so awesome and then as i grew up like the quirkiness just kept going like i, I was big into the characters like i like godfather i like norman smiley i like crash holly like, um, just cats like that where it was like, they were fun to watch, but they were fun to watch. Like, literally anything you put them in, they was just, you were just going to enjoy it, you know? Um, currently, like, a big one I like is Elias. He doesn't even have to really do, he's gone whole stretches without wrestling, but it's just anything he does, it's a guarantee. It's going to be entertaining, man. It's good stuff. Uh, while you're over here, um... You've linked up with David Starr. Yes. In his uh, We the Independent. That is team. correct. Uh, how did you first get involved with that, and what is the ultimate aim? I remember he told me about it, and it's just um, let's just get it out the way. Like uh, David Starr polarizes people, pisses people off. Like they, like either you really really like him or you really really don't, and he draws a lot of politician um, illusions. But at the same time, it's like I get it. You know, you like. In politics, you never hear somebody just talking about, oh, he's okay. Like, no, it's either I love this guy and I'm going to go to the ends of the earth for him, or it's like, I can't stand this guy. I hope bad things happen to him. You know, it's, it's like that. Um, he's very adamant and in your face about things that he talks about and what he says. But damn it, if you can't get with it, because at least he's a guy that believes in something, you know? And um, one of his biggest things is you look at the way the wrestling business is and you got guys that give their knees, give their backs, give their necks. And you're looking at corporations who make a ton of money, even on just an independent level. I wish indies would break their bank books open one time publicly just so people could see what management is making, the promotion is making, how much they're bringing in what the workers are getting paid, what the, the production are getting paid, all this other stuff like that. Because there's a ton of situations where people really don't have to be nickel and diamond people over 20 quid. Or like, um, I need you to work for exposure. And some of the biggest companies you'd be surprised make a ton of money and none of it passes down to the guys that are like putting it down and trying to break their necks to try to get to that next step for them. And it's, it's shameful and it's sad and Star wants to do something about it. So his big thing with We The Independent is he's trying to shine a light on independent artists, trying to make things that are happening. Like he wants it eventually to be bigger than just wrestling and other artists as well. But um, 
I didn't like, I'm ashamed to say it, but I didn't have insurance for a little while taking regular bookings and now I have it because, you know, he sat down, he had the meetings, he went to Equity UK. He got something done. It's the first real union for wrestlers. Like if something were to happen to me here or back in the States, um, I'm now covered where I can still get a percentage of what I would make in my bookings. At least for a little while, which is more than what I would have ever gotten in the first place. Um, he's trying to at least change things. And I know some people are scared of that. And they don't want to hear that. And they think it's like, oh, well, it's contract versus independent. It's not contract versus independent. It's you getting what you're supposed to get, what you're worth. There's a lot of guys that are making good money on contracts, but they're still paying for their own health insurance. And there's no 401k. There's no benefits. There's no retirement. And there's plenty of companies like... I don't have to name the companies. You can put two and two together. But there's plenty of companies, like, best example that I heard. The NFL makes big money. They make big money than wrestling companies will ever do, right? The NFL found that, like, 25 to 30% of its expenditure was payroll on the people. You know what I'm saying? On their people. And you see the big money that these guys are getting. They're 100 million, 200 million contracts, all this stuff like that. In professional wrestling, one of the biggest companies, and you can probably do whatever parallel you need, I don't have to do that, but the biggest company in the world, their payroll is about 10 to 12%. Payroll for anybody that's classified as independent contractor, because you know they have people that do get 401k benefits, all that other stuff, but they're considered company. Look, you do the research, and look at how much profit they pulled the last few years and how much profit they stand to pull and where their stock is at and all that other stuff like that. And you mean to tell me they couldn't afford to lose a little bit more money so that some of these guys could get packages and all that other stuff like that, what have you. But that's a whole nother conversation. The point is we can't get to that conversation without these conversations that we're having now. It's something small, but I feel like it'll turn into something bigger. And if I have to think about what my legacy will be and what I wanted to be a part of, I want to be on the right side of history. So that's why I support We The Independent. I want to end things with a, a little word association game. Please. I'm going to throw some names at you and you should say the first things that come into your head about Got it. David Starr. Controversial, polarizing, uh, mad genius, hell of a professional wrestler. Jack Sexsmith. Genuine. Um, daring, absolutely important and necessary to what Brit Rest was at the time to move inclusivity forward. Gene Money. Hilarious, um, off the wall. Um, I think the term you use is grafter. Um, I love to see when a hustler makes it. And he put in all the work to absolutely make it, and he deserves it. Will, Will Cruz. Big boy. Uh, like, I can see a bright future for him. He's just got to stay the course, that's all. Joe Nelson. <laughs> the future leader of uh, Brit Wrestling. Um, grizzled Young, the real Grizzled Young vet, as I like to call it. Like, he's the youngest, grownest dude I've ever seen in life. And it's like the way he carries himself to how he talks, to how he lays his stuff out. I, I, I'm not playing with you. Like, in two to three years, that is the leader of Brit Wrestling. He's deciding whether you stay or whether you go. Chris Brooks. 
influential. Um, yes, it is a cult. Man, like, like people, people will understand that. Uh, but definitely influ- influential. He's another mad genius in his own way and super creative. Um, DIY is definitely the thing that you would want to put with him and whatnot. Um, Britt wrestling definitely would lose a lot of its spark and its edge if he didn't exist. So yeah. Matthew Brooks. Hell of a talent. Don't know why he picked professional wrestling. As 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 good as he looks, as well as he can sing, as chiseled as he is, God, he could have did anything else. So you know he's gotta love it. Um, future star. I can see him with a contract easy in another in like anywhere from a year to three years from now. Legaro. Hardest working man that British wrestling has ever known. Um like you, you you couldn't have had like he was a linchpin. You couldn't have had it without him. So yeah. Martina the session moth. Oh, my oh, I always joke my future ex-wife. Um, she's the best bad decision that you'll ever see on a show, and it's like she's so genuine. Like, and the other thing is, um, she's a she's a real queen. Like, uh, she she puts the work in. She busted her ass. She's giving you 100% of her every time she's getting ready to do it. And like the sky's the limit for her as long as uh, John Cena doesn't want to marry her. Because then she's going to become the happiest housewife in the world. Good. Uh, one of your arch nemesis in Brit Raps, Los Federalos Santos Jr. Uh, the, 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 the King Hoss of Hosses, um, beloved for a reason. Um, absolute just stud of a guy like he's great like i think the world of him and um there's a reason he's been as successful as he is like you even with a mask on you can't just hide how infectious he is great dude pcw um i feel like where i really knew that brit rest was for me um a lot of history um hell uh we gotta call it one of my homes yeah. Title. Home. Um, the best live experience that you'll ever have in professional wrestling. Progress. The pinnacle, uh, the summit, the goal. Um, still chasing. If you're going to do it somewhere, it needs to be there. Last one. Sugar Dungerton. Still looking. Still searching, having a hell of a time doing it. Final question. Where do you see yourself in a year's time? Hopefully not in the same place. That's just the truth. Sugar, thank you very much for your time, man. Yes, sir. Six eyes, I got a garbage brain that's driving me insane. And I don't 